The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org.
All right, good evening. We're going to go ahead and call this meeting to order. Uh, we'll start our meeting with a moment of silence and then Pledge of Allegiance, and then we'll move on to the agenda. So if you would join me for a moment of silence. Thank you. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Next, we will have roll call. Commissioner Rapart. Here. Commissioner Lanier. Present. Commissioner Jones. Here. Commissioner O'Connor. Present. Commissioner Yasasi. Present. Commissioner Moody and Mayor Bliss. Yes, and can I get a motion to excuse Commissioner Moody tonight? Support. 
Moved and supported. All in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? It carries. All right, uh, next that will take us to our first opportunity for public comment, but before we get to that, a couple things. We have a number of opportunities for public comment tonight. We have the first one that is strictly on agenda items, so these are items that we talked about earlier today and voted on. Uh, so for the first opportunity for public comment, um, we ask that you come up and we have a clipboard over there. We ask that you write your name down. Uh, we ask that you share your name, the city that you live in. You'll give up, be given up to three minutes to speak, and we ask that you share specifically what action item you're speaking to. Uh, we do have two scheduled public hearings tonight. So we have one scheduled public hearing on an obsolete property rehabilitation district certificate, and that's for a um, business located at 2012 Eastern Avenue. So if you're here to speak on that, I'm gonna ask you to stay put until I get to that and open up that public hearing. And then we also have a public hearing, a scheduled public hearing tonight for the city commission to hear appeals for the 2021 downtown improvement district special assessment role. So this is specifically if you are being assessed on this role and you wanna appeal that, that will be an opportunity. So again, I ask you to stay put until I open that up. Uh, and then the last opportunity for public comment tonight is on any additional items. So before we get to the first uh, opportunity for public comment, I'll introduce our translator, Marisol Garcia, who's with us tonight. Uh, and if you need assistance with interpretation services, she'll be happy to help you. We are pleased to provide a Spanish interpretation during this meeting to assist those who would like to provide public comment. And if you're interested in this service, please go to the table outside the commission chambers. Buenas noches. Estamos complacidos de proveer interpretación en español durante esta junta y asistir a aquellos que deseen proveer comentario público. Si están interesados en este servicio, por favor de ir a la mesa fuera de la Cámara del Comisionado. Gracias. Thank you. All right, so that will take us to our first public uh, comment period. And again, this is specific to agenda items. We ask that you say specifically what item you're speaking to. So if it was a community development item number two or committee of the whole item number three, that will help us know exactly what you're speaking to. Uh, and we'll open it up. Mr. Miller, are you coming up? Okay. And again, we ask that you um, put your name on the clipboard and that is only so that we can get your name uh, accurately documented in our minutes. Very pleasant good evening, everyone. Watchdog Bellow reporting. Let's get to work. 9A1 North Corridor. Corridor, I've long advocated on your 22, it's basically your 22 Ionia, that uh, you see running uh, down the street below, that it run on both corridors uh, up there on both sides of the river, going up uh, one corridor to, I think it's the Front Street District, all the businesses there, 678 and so so on. And, and then uh, down the other side in the morning, down the Monroe Residential Corridor, and then flip-flopping that for the p.m. evening uh, crush hour and running at 22 in the other direction. Right now, you're only serving one corridor. And I guarantee you that within uh, two years, your ridership on the 22, uh, which is often empty, uh, would uh, be up at least by 35%. Under three, I congratulate and, th and honestly thank the U.S. Army for liberating all the ingrates uh, under one U.S. flag. There's only one flag in the world that liberate, liberated Mr. Uh, Miller, the slaves. Can you, can We're on three. Okay. All right. Just want to make sure that I know yeah. what item you're talking well, about. Well, I jumped around. Okay. Okay. Trying to follow you. Yeah. 
Under three, under Pledge of Allegiance, I want to thank uh, the U.S. Army from 1861 to 1865 for uh, under one flag in the whole world. We saw some 200 Olympic flags there, maybe 194 in the okay, U.S. Only one flag Mr. Miller, Mr. Miller, Mr. Miller, you have come so often. You know that this is only an action item, so these are things we vote on today. Well, it was an action item, and 20 radicals refused oh, oh, to no, step no, up no, for the no, flag. No, no, Mr. Miller, Mr. Miller? 9B3, uh, and that would be uh, the Kellogg Fellow Foundation. It's been embedded here forever, and it never once advocating bringing our, our five black routes. Uh, uh, that would be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 14, in case any radicals are, are listening. There's, uh, there's still Miller, very many. Please stop. stop Kellogg, we're in Kellogg, ma'am. They've never come out. Stop with the name calling well, and the derogatory. Just tell us what you agree or what disagree. What was the name calling? Mr. Miller. So uh, you've, you've appointed quite a few of them onto uh, ones on the rapid board. She's never once uh, advocated to bring uh, black, five black routes and eight Catholic routes downtown. They're all buried beneath the, the wealthy viaducts. Uh, on uh, 9C3 and 4, uh, no details. Uh, Two million here, seven million there. And, Architectural services and professional technical services. Not to see 29 million. Anyone in the room understand the significance? 29 uh, big ones. No details on on three and four. Still oppose uh, the full amphitheater. I say you only gain maybe three more dates a year if you, if you build that amphitheater. You should take the amphitheater first before destroying everything. Five and six totally uh, opposed because right, uh, Mr. Miller, you'll, your time's you'll up. Disrupt yep, your time's up. All right, anyone else who wishes to be heard on action items? So these are items we're voting on tonight. Okay, seeing none, I'm going to close the opportunity for public comment, and it'll take us to approval of our minutes from our July 27th meeting. Can I get a motion? Support. 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 All right, moved and supported. Commissioners, any adjustments or changes? All right, seeing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed, it carries. All right, next that will take us to petitions and communications. We have a communication from Peter Brand regarding the resignation from the West Side Corridor Improvement Authority. That is referred to our Committee on Appointments. We have a communication from Nadir Kermay regarding the resignation from the Community Relations Commission. And that is also referred to Committee on Appointments. Next, that will take us to reports of city officers, and we have two items before us tonight. The first report is a comptroller's report for the period of July 14, 2021 through July 27, 2021 in the amount of $51,637,836.37. That is received and filed. Our second report is the treasurer's report for the period of July 14, 2021 through July 23, 2021. And that is also received and filed. Next, that will take us to our consent agenda. So our consent agenda is a list of items that we uh, had a discussion about earlier today in one of our standing committee meetings where there was a vote and the vote was unanimous. So tonight with one voice vote, we'll adopt those items. So can I get a motion with the, for the consent agenda? The motion support. All right, moved and supported. Commissioners, any additional questions or comments? All right, seeing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? It carries. All right, commissioners, we do not have any resolutions tonight, so that'll quickly take us to our scheduled public hearings. And I would like to take the first two together since they're related to the same project. So are you um, all comfortable with that? 
Speaker have any objection? Okay. So I'm going to read both of these into the public record. Uh, both of these public hearings have been, uh, a notice for them have been made uh, pursuant to state law. So the first one is a public hearing to consider the establishment of an obsolete property rehabilitation district pursuant to PA 146 of 2000 for Grand Rapids area black businesses at 2012 Eastern Avenue Southeast. And then a companion to that is a public hearing to consider an application for a 10 year obsolete property rehabilitation exemption certificate. So one's for the district and one's for a certificate pursuant to Public Act 146 of 2000 for the same property uh, located at 2012 Eastern Avenue Southeast. And this is for the Grand Rapids area black businesses. Um, so what we'll do is we'll start with Mr. Gracia, our Director of Economic Development, giving us some background on this item. Uh, and then uh, Mr. Gracia, is someone here representing Yes, the... we have a representative from the uh, Honor Construction, Mr. Lockman, if there's any questions. Oh, oh great. Thank that. you. All right. All right. Uh, and so uh, you're welcome to come up after Mr. Gracia, answer any questions, and then we'll open it up for comment. Uh, so I'll turn All right. you. Well, good evening, Commissioners. This is the public hearing to consider, again, the certificate and the uh, establishment of the Oprah District for 2012 Eastern Avenue Southeast. That structure is a one-story structure of approximately 4,400 square feet. Um, and it is currently vacant and the assessor has determined it to be obsolete as required under the uh, program. So the investment by the applicant is currently estimated to be about $500,000 with hard construction estimates of about $450,000. <clears> the um, proposed exemption will assist in the uh, transforming that vacant unusable space to the, into what is be known as District 2012 which is a uh, commercial co-working space, Center for Entrepreneurship, Innovation, and Business Development for Black-owned businesses um, on Eastern Avenue. As you know, we do require an inclusion plan for all of our projects that are seeking public assistance. And so in this particular program, this project will have um, approximately $382,500 of the overall project cost, or 76.5% of the cost. This applicant, um, sorry, this project also did receive support from the third ward business retention, uh, uh, business, sorry, the BRIP business, uh, help me out here, BRIP, <laughs> the BRIP program, yes, uh, and um, business retention incentive program for $45,000, and uh, you heard about that project, and so um, that is all the details I have. I, Mr. Lockman is here from the contractor of any, anyone has any questions, otherwise I'll turn it over to the commission. Great, thanks. Let me see. Uh, colleagues, any questions or comments? All right, I know we uh, heard us, this presentation and economic development project team, so some of us uh, have already been informed of it. Um, Mr. Lockman, you want to add any additional details? Uh, no more details. You did a great job kind of telling about the project in general. It's uh, a, you know, a very dilapidated building that, that we're really looking forward to bringing back up to speed and serving that area. And I uh, apologize for Jamil. He's under the weather and can't make it. So I'm here on his behalf. Great. Thank you. Commissioners, any questions? All right. All right. You can go ahead and sit back down. I'll open it up. So if you're here to speak to this project, um, this is this open public hearing is really specific to this project. You're welcome to come forward and share your thoughts. All right, seeing none, we'll go ahead and close that public hearing, and that is going to be referred back to Committee of the Whole. 
All right, next that will take us to our second uh, scheduled public hearing tonight. This, uh, the City Commission, we sit um, to hear appeals on assessment districts. So tonight we sit as an appeal appellate body uh, on the 2021 Downtown Improvement District Special Assessment Roll number 8760. Um, so I'm going to open up this public hearing. We'll start uh, with our City Assessor, uh, Paula. There you are. Hello, Evening, good Mayor. to see you. Uh, and then if you are here to be heard, uh, you can speak after Paula. And then, Paula, are you going to be in uh, 901 or? Oh. No, no just, we will uh, just be out, out in the, the hallway. Okay, okay. Yes. Uh, great, <laughs> okay. thank you. Um, at your request and at the request of the Downtown Improvement District Board, the Assessor's Office has prepared Special Assessment Rule 8760 in accordance with the Downtown Improvement District Plan. Uh, property owners were sent notices on June 24th and notified of the assessment amount in the appeal process. The special assessment role has been open to the public inspection for the required um, minimum of two weeks, starting back in June 24th through today. And we've also uh, posted a copy of the assessment role to the city website. Um, we have received zero appeals as of today. So tonight is the final opportunity for those notified to file an appeal of this assessment. Uh, then the process is the city attorney and myself will review all the appeals, report back to the commission on September 14th, and, um, and that will be the date of the confirmation of the role. And if confirmed, the assessment will be invoiced October 1st. All right, thank you, Paula. Commissioners, any questions? All right, so is, that, is there anyone here who has been assessed as a part of the Downtown Improvement District Assessment uh, Roll number 8760 and wishes to be heard tonight on an appeal? All right, seeing none, we'll go ahead and close that public comment period. Uh, thank you, Paula, appreciate that. All right, that will take us to our last opportunity for public comment. Again, this is public comment on any other item. Uh, we ask that you share your name, the city that you live in, and we'll give you up to three minutes to speak. And again, we ask that you just list your name over there on the clipboard, and we'll go ahead and open up this public comment period. time on the clock or I do actually well I wanted to talk to you all about can you start with the your name and the city that you live in my name is David Ferrier and I live here in Grand Rapids and I wanted to talk to you about your demanding respect and decorum down here under threat of violence by your jackboots which is very charming I wanted to ask you if you guys felt like it was a similar amount of respect that you gave to us when you destroyed the Christmas trees of the needy this last Christmas. Of course, the CDC has a, has a, uh, a long-standing thing about how you shouldn't do that, and we talked to them and they said to just provide them a bathroom, so when you lied and said the CDC told you to destroy the Christmas trees of the needy on Christmas, that's on you and all of you. And really, besides the sacrilege, that's so incredibly inhumane that it boggles the mind that you would be expected to be thought of as respectable people after such behavior. But besides which, let's say that if I 
dangerously use some adult language and I offend your delicate childlike sensibilities and you feel the need to drag me down to one of your corrections facilities when in a process where I won't be, I won't have the right to defend myself. So if in the process of getting manhandled down there, I die, that's, there's nothing I can do about that. But let's say I go to your corrections facility and I experience some of the decorum that you have there. You know what my favorite part about all the humiliation and denigration in this absolute filthy, disgusting mess of a building? My favorite part, and I would like to, I would like to show you guys where, where they search you, where it's standard operating procedure to touch you on every inch of your body that you could possibly not want to be touched in, just to make sure you're not smuggling cube up your behind. I would really, any takers? I would love to show you standard operating procedure. <laughs> That's you guys, the people in charge of standard operating ball fondling. It is done because it is normal, it's normal because it is done, and it is done because Nixon, a racist, 50 years ago decided to unilaterally put himself in charge of everybody's drugs. He decided to militarize the police and then send them to go to, to, to deal with the drugs that he was then selling to black people. This is all so outrageously racist, so comically inhumane. I just, I don't even know where to begin with you people. I don't want you to defund the police. I want you to demilitarize the police. I want you to dismantle them and rebuild them with a little thing they apparently hadn't heard of in the 70s called ethics. What are you doing? Standard option operating sexual assault. Thank you. Your time is up. Thank you. Your time is up. Hi. Um. My name is Allie and I'm the president of Just for Black Lives and I'm a Grand Rapids resident. I'm here to once again demand the Grand Rapids Police Department is defunded to the mandated 32%. First, I would like to explain the definition of defunding the police for those who don't quite understand. Defunding the police simply means reallocating funds from the Grand Rapids Police Department's budget and putting those towards programs that result in real crime prevention. Programs such as, but not limited to, real affordable housing, mental health and rehabilitation, public, education, public school education, and making the rapid free and accessible for all citizens. People who are in opposition of, the, of defunding the police often have one question. How can the police protect us without enough funding? Which are valid concerns as everyone should feel safe in the community that they live in. However, that also includes BIPOC citizens and the topic of safety is so personal that doesn't look the same to everyone. There are a lot of BIPOC with, general, with generational trauma from the police. Does that mean they also don't deserve help? No, it doesn't. As of today, the Grand Rapids Police Department has their hands in the majority of the current systems that are in place. They arrest unhoused community members, destroy encampments, take part in the hot team, and they also have their hands in some mental health and drug addiction cases. Something that no officer is fully trained to address. So to sum things up, if we just took the time to properly address each issue within the community with people who are fully qualified to do so, then there wouldn't be much of a need for police because the crime rate would be dropping. But back to the facts, which is police violence is one of the leading causes of death of black men. A study done by the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences of the United States found that one in 1,000 black men can be expected to be killed by the police. 
Public health experts have described police violence as a serious public issue. And for too long, the conversation has been police reform and adopting new ways of de-escalation or banning tactics rather than properly assessing the issues within the community. And while I know that no matter what I say, a lot of people will just pass it off as yelling, demeaning, or basically saying nothing, I will say this. There is absolutely no reason why we can't put our city's funding into real crime prevention programs by continuing to funnel as much money as you can to the Grand Rapids Police Department's budget. You are ensuring that the city continues to have a rising crime rate. And lastly, before I yield my time, defund GRPD, hold officers like him accountable who put my friend in a chokehold, even though it's banned, hello, um, and make city commissioner meetings more accessible for community members so they can call in because not everyone is literally, literally not everyone is able body to be able to physically come up here. They deserve a right to have their voice heard as well. Thank you, I yield my time. Thank you, others wish to be heard? My name is LaDonna Norman. And for the last 16 months, I've been doing your job. I've been counseling the houseless. I've been feeding the houseless. And I've been paying attention to um, the drug use, the opiate epidemic and pandemic that's going on. We are in a season of unsurety. But one thing I'm unsure about is that you left Grand Rapids hanging in March of 2020. In November of 2019, I buried my sister from heroin overdose. And then I went out of town to get some respite. And while out of town, we, we had the, the mandatory shutdown. And I came back and we had come up with a plan to try to help families in marginalized places get financial help with the Grand Rapids Area Mutual Aid Network. And I've been doing that and I continue to do that. Even while I was getting chemo, even when I wasn't physically able to, I've done your job. I went down, I seen the needs of the community, I assessed it and I reacted. Where were you? For all the, the pantries, it, there were, it was just, it's chaotic. Neither one of you have a plan B. It's about to get cold in five minutes. I have a plan B, and that is to remind you that we exist it is not a poor thing, it is not a black thing, it is not a white thing, it's a Grand Rapids thing, and we're losing fast. People are overdosing, they don't have proper support, they don't know where to go, they're on Zoom meetings, they're on calls, there's, the mental health is, it's, it's a crisis, and you guys are going out, but there's no plan B again, I'm doing your job for you. When it gets cold, I'm gonna continue doing your job, I'm gonna make you do your job. I'm gonna have you reflecting on the needs of community because it's ridiculous what's going on. There's parents surrendering their children to Child Protective Services because there's absolutely nowhere to go. You have hundreds and hundreds of families in motel rooms. I mean, there's ha there has to be some kind of fire hazard. They won't rent to five people, eight people, but they'll put eight people in a one-room motel. You got 400 families that are about to lose and 40 families that are gonna win this year. They wrote it up in MLive that you have, where's the plan B? Mayor Bliss, plan B. Mark Washington, plan B. Sunita Lemire, plan B. We have to get out here on the forefront and help our people. I should not be here. 
I'm immune compromised. I should not be in this room telling you how to do your job and telling you how you failed at your job in 2020 and 2021. We got to get it right. Stop passing out money and pay attention to the needs and the wants of this community. And let's go forward together because you haven't done a great job at it. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Others wish to be heard. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Again, my name is Roshana Charles. I'm from the third ward of Grand Rapids. Um, there's only a couple of issues that I really want to say anything about today. One, the, the ableism of this building is pretty wild. Um, even my mom wanted to come and speak to you and is unable to. She has chronic pain and there's no way she could ever make it here without assistance that's really not built for. Um, and to you specifically, as a graduate in social work and criminal justice, you should be aware of the issues between those two systems. They're, they're not the same. And honestly, all of the funding that should be going towards sensitivity training or for the police officers that we do have that swear they're good, um, there's a lot of lack of sensitivity training for all of the other ones. And that's, that's a major thing because that sensitivity training directly corresponds to the communities that they operate in when it comes to race, when it comes to class, when it comes to financial status or mental illness. And mental illness is a big one here. I've personally been brutalized due to my mental illness in this city. Um, that's one of the things that's kind of on my mind a lot besides you know, their disregard for the homeless. Have you ever seen them actually do their clears of Heartside, which is designed for them? Because I've watched it multiple nights. They take cruisers, they take officers, and they swarm the place, making every single person who is, is in there in the middle of the night because they have nowhere to go, find another place. And if they do that, they're no longer protected because Heartside is for them, which everyone seems to forget when we want to gentrify our city and make it great for everyone. I don't know if anyone even knows that in 2015, we were ranked the second worst city for an African-American economically. That's just economically. And with the brutality, that whole, that's a whole new level of issues. So there's just some things to think about, I suppose. I yield my time. All right, I'll do switch beer. <clears throat> My name is Kirk, I live in the third ward. Um, first of all, I wanted to thank you for showing some concern for accessibility since we now have a translator. I think that's amazing. But if we care about accessibility, we can't just stop there. Why aren't these meetings accessible to everyone, as Shauna was saying with their mother, like with people who have like health concerns? You can't just walk into a building full of people and expose yourself to all of those germs. You, like, it's difficult for people who are disabled to make these meetings. We need to make sure that that's not the only accessibility we offer. Um, I also wanted to speak to you about respect because that seems to be something that is greatly on your minds. Um, you tell us to respect you. I spoke with What's-His-Face, the chief over there, last two weeks ago about respect. But respect is earned. You all have a responsibility for this city. And if you get upset, at our tones and the ways that we are speaking on issues that deeply affect us and the people we love, that detracts from the issue at large. The issue at large is the safety of this community. And we have spoken time and time again about how 
bad GRPD is to the community, how unsafe they make this community. The number of friends that I have who have been physically assaulted by GRPD and they just internally investigate and find out that there was nothing wrong with that. What about the man who was already restrained, punched eight times in the face after he was already restrained? They investigated themselves on that and found that there was no wrongdoing. So if we have respect for people and respect for laws, we don't see that in GRPD. And I'm not going to apologize for being upset about the fact that the people I love are being harmed by a system. And you all have the power and the responsibility to do something about it. So I am respecting you by treating you like an adult. I don't speak to children this way. I don't share my emotions with children. You know, I don't, you are all adults and that is how I respect you, by telling you things that actually matter in this world. We need to defund GRPD and we need to defund them to the mandatory 32%. GRPD has too much bud, bu too large of a budget and that budget is not going to keep anyone safer. If it was, maybe I'd be for it, but historically and presently, the police have done nothing but cause harm to black and brown communities. I've seen it over and over and over and over again. And that is not changing. They can change the laws and say, oh, chokeholds are banned in Grand Rapids, yeah? Well, why did that officer right over there grab me by the neck and throw me to the ground? Where's the accountability there? We need to have outside accountability, not just cops who have committed wrongdoing, investigating themselves and saying, oh, well, guess I didn't do anything wrong. I don't have respect for that. I don't have respect for people who are harming the people I love. Why should I respect that? If you want me to respect you, then make some changes. Push for what is actually just. Thank you. Hello, my name is Andrew. I live in Grand Rapids. I know y'all don't like the word Steve fund the police, but I'm going to say that GRPD is getting far too much money and they are getting too much money because they are now buying drones to infringe on our privacy. That is the last thing we need in our community. We have told you numerous times what we need, and it is no surprise we get met with apathy when we address our concerns and our struggles, because none of y'all live in Grand Rapids, and none of you are being personally affected. Segregation and white supremacy is still a major problem in Grand Rapids, and it is our police officers enforcing it. A recent example of this is when a white neighbor called Wyoming police when a black realtor was showing a house to a black man and his son. The police came, handcuffed all three of them with guns drawn. This obviously would not have happened if they were fought, if they were white, which by the way, I find a lot of things far more offensive than profanity, such as a black man and his 15-year-old son being met with guns when all they wanted to do was purchase a home in a white suburb. There is no accountability within GRPD. What a complete joke. Make them get their own liability insurance so they know they have to be accountable for their own actions. <clears throat> I, as a white woman, 
Never have to worry about being treated differently simply for the color of my skin. If I get pulled over for a burnout taillight, I'm not thinking I better call my mom, my kids, my fiance, tell them I love them in case I don't make it home. I am not afraid that I'm going to be physically assaulted, yanked from my vehicle, and brutalized. My black and brown friends live with this fear on a daily basis basis. And what's interesting is there are a few African Americans sitting on the board and all you do is zone out. And Mr. Booty, who's not here, has said numerous times, no comment. I find it hard to believe that you can be a black male living in America and remain indifferent towards all the injustices being inflicted upon your own people. And lastly, I'd like to address that you let people call in and comment. Their voices deserve to be heard. Black Lives Matter. All right, others wish to be heard. Hello, uh, my name is Olivia. Um, I guess just off the top, I want to say GFUND GRP GRPD, sorry. Um, that includes you, Chokehold Boy. <laughs> um, aside from that, to the city charter mandated 32%. Um, but aside from that, I want to talk a little bit about the, uh, the megaphone law that seems to keep coming up. Like, can we just address what a ridiculous law this is to begin with? Like, I know you guys are all like, oh, it's the law, it's the law. You'll have to follow the law. That's fine. But like, it's a bad law and I feel like you guys know that. Um, like, what kind, come on, you can't use megaphones in a public place at any time of day. Like, you might as well just say, oh, free speech is legal in Grand Rapids as long as no one can hear you. Like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, this is insane. This is insane what y'all are doing. But the interesting part about that is that means it's not just GRPD that's engaging in political repression. That means it's you guys. We don't just have a GRPD problem, but we have a city commission problem, too. So we're going to remember that when you're up for election again. Um, and it's applied so inconsistently. It's applied so inconsistently. You guys know this. We're not stupid. Do you think we're stupid? Like, the Proud Boys are like, oh, we respect their free speech and their right to use megaphones and stuff. That's interesting. Um, the uh, anti-vaxxers recently outside of Mercy Health, you know, they can use megaphones. Uh, the cops themselves, a couple weeks ago, were out at Lookout Park at 10.30 at night using a loudspeaker to uh, clear people out. Just, you know, random stoners or whatever who are harming anybody in the park. Uh, but that's worth waking up all the neighbors for, I guess, because it's one rule for them and another for us. Uh, so I'm going to yield the rest of my time. Thank you. All right. Others wish to be heard? My name is Donnie. I live in the third ward. I'm the vice president of Justice for Black Lives. As I was up here last week, I'm gonna reinstate our demands. Our demands are that the, not only GRPD be defunded to our mandated charted 32.5%, but our demands are also that we be acknowledged and also actually uh, have human uh, human responses from our commissioners, not only our city commissioner, but our mayor, our city clerk, and our city attorney, and also our city manager. I want actual human responses from all of you. 
this situation that has that we keep coming up here and we're asking and demanding for more resources that's going to better our communities the communities that we live in not you we live in okay when we demand that we're constantly met with hey i'm same we're the same you looked me in the eye and you said we're the same we're not the same I don't get paid like you do. I don't live where you do. I don't own a $2,000, a $2,000 apartment. I don't own a, a, a car that's, that's, that's more than what, than what I have on. You know what I mean? I don't own that. We are not the same. If you want to be the same, I'd advise that you get out here in these streets and then you fight for the cause like we do. I advise that you go out there and you fight for every single black and brown person that is suffering from this situation. I advise you to go out and try and gain an experience of something that you do not understand. Because every time I'm in this position, you are all sitting here giving me the same blank stare in the side, in the side head side thing, the head tilt. And, there, and then you look at me like, you know, I'm either trying to give you more sympathy or I'm actually trying to understand what you're saying. So again, I'm gonna be very specific with the terminologies that I decide to use here. Gain an experience. Actually gain a perception of what we are talking about. Because I don't see any one of you at any of our events. If I do see somebody, it's Mark Washington standing off to the side like he normally does, which is nothing. And then he also likes to say that he likes to no people, no one of us, nobody has met any of us. Not any one of you have has sat down and had a conversation with us besides the appointment last week. Tell me why we've been out here for a year and none of us have had a conversation with you. That's not only our responsibility, that responsibility goes both ways. Both of y'all, all of y'all. Since we're talking on the hand of respect, again, defund GRPD because they don't utilize their, their funds properly. I'm constantly paying into taxes every year. I do not pay taxes for GRPD to get a handful of my private parts every single time I want to express my or demonstrate my First Amendment right. Again, this man over here was getting a handful of my private parts. It makes us feel uncomfortable to come to this room to be able to do what we need to do because this man, men like him. Your time's up. Thanks. Your time, your time is up. Your time is up. Hi, I'm Lindsay. I am a resident of Grand Rapids. Um, first off, I am here in favor of defunding GRPD to the slated 32%. Each year, GRPD is given millions of dollars in taxpayer dollars and funds, yet each year crime continues to rise. When was the last time that we've had a year where crime has decreased in the city? For example, when we think of higher education, imagine if a student got awarded scholarships every semester, but then every semester they fail their courses. Would we keep giving them money? Would we keep awarding them for their good job? No, we wouldn't. However, we keep giving funds to a system that is failing. And we could be giving these funds to the community because what makes a community safer is resources. If we look at the southeast side, even if we look at the parks, the traffic lights, the signs, the park signs, the schools, they could use some funding, right? But we're not putting it there. Right now, we have cameras in Heartside Park, so the unhoused are being constantly watched. Being poor is not a crime, yet we continue to make them feel like criminals, and that's not right. Um, a couple other things I'd like to touch on. 
Is Mayor Bliss similarly to you? I have a master's degree in social work. I know we went through similar schooling, so I know that you know the code of ethics. I personally choose to live and work by my code of ethics. To remind you of this, our core competencies within that code include service, social justice, dignity and worth of a person, importance of human relationships, um, integrity and competence. The way you've chosen to run this city does not correlate with that. It's not congruent. I hope that you can remember a time when you first started in the profession where you truly had the drive to serve the community and better the community. And I hope that we can get back to a point in your life where you can do that. Because right now, your background is not reflecting in your current work. And it's really sad to see. At that, I'll yield my time. Others who wish to be heard? Hello once more, I'm Jalen. I live in Grand Rapids. And I would like to address not only the, the bench before me, but the business leadership that sponsors and funds. You know, a lot of you guys getting elected and the viewpoint that we have in this city. It's quite conservative, nothing wrong with that, except the cost and impact that it has to human life. And it's time that we call them what they really are. And I'm speaking to the restaurant owners and all the people that make us Beer City. They're brothel owners that don't sell sex. It's time that we call them what they really are. They come in here high and mighty with their grand speeches about keeping us safe. What a grand view they must have living in high-rise condominiums with homelessness and poverty as a backdrop built atop our sacrifices. The forced overtime during festivals like Art Prize, the lack of sick leave even when we have children, the lack of insurance when we have mental health breakdowns from the constant stress of competing with each other for tip money because the average restaurant worker gets paid less than $3 an hour. Yes, we should listen to them of all people because they know how to run a proper plantation to keep the slaves in line. That's what they really sound like a bunch of slave owners complaining to the government about protecting their fragile privilege and forcing the rest of us to live with the consequences. They don't love this country. They love taking advantage of people. They love holding people economically hostage and they're scared to death that if people are no longer vulnerable, they'll realize how they've been lied to and extorted their whole lives. So instead of funding oppression and weapons for police, they get paid to fail can we for once spend the money to help raise our poor with the same blind loyalty, the same patriotism, and the same energy as you will fund a war? It may not get people reelected, but I think it's the right thing to do, and we should probably do that just for once. Thank you. Others, I, I, the, the rules for this space are on the, on the wall, and I'm asking you to respect those so that everyone, regardless of their opinion, whether they agree with you or disagree, they feel safe coming up here and being heard. It's about making this a safe space for everyone else who comes to be heard. It's, okay, I will recess or adjourn this meeting. Others are waiting to be heard by this body and they have a right to be heard. Ma'am, please come forward. 
Hi, my name is Gloria Cook. I live in Grand Rapids, and I am here as a member of the Grand Rapids Climate Resolution Coalition, and I am representing Proactive. I am here because more reports are released proving scientifically what we all sense and have sensed for years. The planet, every part of it is suffering. The latest report came out yesterday from the International Panel Climate Change, the IPCC, and it verified, one, carbon levels are higher than what they have been in two million years. Two, temperatures are higher than what they have been in hundreds of thousands of years. Three, sea levels are rising faster than in the past 3,000 years. All of this is due to human human activity, what we have done. So we are in this unprecedented crisis that calls for unprecedented president commitments, taking risk, and showing vision. We need to do direct action. Mayor Bliss, I was very happy in 2017 when you were one of the mayors that said, we are not leaving the Paris Agreement. At that time, we didn't know what we were, you know, the United States is a leader, and we were not going to be a leader, and we were not going to improve this planet. So with that, you <coughs> pledged to invest in reducing carbon, increasing the climate re resiliency, and a commitment to social justice. The city has laid building blocks. They have a foundation. But we need to move quickly on this. We still have time, but that time is slipping away and at the slow rate, and we can, we can slow the rate and reduce the carbon in the air so that we can reduce the hazards that we have created for ourselves. You know, Grand Rapids is just part of a big, part of the big mobile. You guys see the world as a big mobile. You know, there's all the parts of the earth, water, all the cities, human activities. You move one, the other moves. We have screwed this up for Mother Nature. And she's saying, you've given us this dirt and filth, I'm spitting it back at you. Clean it up. So I want to get, I know you have, we have a resolution we're presenting, and I'm just asking that you support the resolution as written, without changes, and pass it as soon as possible. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, others wish to be heard? Hi, commissioners. My name is Landon Bartley, uh, Forest Road resident, board member for the West Michigan Cannabis Guild. Thank you for your time and service to the community. Uh, a couple of commissioners have asked me to give regular updates on cannabis news, so here you go. Uh, thanks to Marijuana Moment and Grown In and to the folks at the West Michigan Cannabis Guild for their work. On a national scale, the U.S. Department of Commerce uh, has a cannabis quality assurance program that issued their first report evaluating testing labs' ability to accurately detect THC, CBD, and other cannabinoids in hemp, which is cannabis with a very low uh, THC level. Several testing labs in Michigan were included in the report. Uh, the testing lab being started up by myself and others in Grand Rapids is not yet operational and did not participate. A review in the Journal of Cosmetic Dermatology concluded that cannabinoids may be used in the treatment of eczema 
acne, pruritus, and systemic sclerosis, and that CBD in particular may enhance hair growth via multiple, multiple mechanisms. A study in the journal Current Behavioral Neuroscience Reports found that medical and recreational cannabis legalization has not impacted prevalence of cannabis use in adolescents, uh, but has been shown to increase rates of adult non-medical cannabis use, and in some cases, cannabis use disorder. Here in Michigan, the MRA has recently re released new draft rules for the cannabis industry, including, among, among other things, new lab testing requirements and lab quality assurance procedures, continued allowance for drive-through or curbside pickup subject to local zoning. Uh, curbside pickup is currently allowed in Grand Rapids, but not drive-through. New license types, including Class A micro-business with up to 300 mature, mature plants, uh, currently, it's 150, and retail, but no processing, and also marijuana educational research license. I would suggest looking at these and modifying the city's current zoning ordinance to allow both of these land uses. The MRA also announced today their recommended awards for veteran marijuana research grants uh, to Wayne State University and the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. The grants together total $20 million. Uh, here in Kent County, there are currently 8,445 medical cannabis patients and 796 caregivers, a ratio of 10.6 to 1. However, public consumption of this, uh, of all forms of cannabis, is currently prohibited in most public places in the city of Grand Rapids, with no outlets for consumption at a safe third-party establishment. There are bars, there are no alcohol patients, there are cigar lounges, but no cigar patients. I strongly urge you to either remove the uh, prohibition of non-smoked form of cannabis from your clean air ordinance or allow designated consumption establishments or both. Thank you. Thank you. All right, others wish to be heard? Hello, my name is Martha Cooper. I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, I came forward today, I spoke last time and I mentioned that Austin had defunded the police. I was very upset and I took myself out of the situation. I understand that Mark Washington made a comment after I was gone that Austin had refunded the police. His um, assistant, a, a man I really appreciate, Asante, gave me a call and said that he wanted to, uh, was going to push forward to me, forward an article um, that was about the Austin de refunding the police. So, I wrote back and I decided tonight, un, un, unusual for me to read what I wrote because I don't want it received and filed and ignored. I'm not going to be ignored. Um, so I wrote and this is to him, a little context of the article is that they refunded the police because their Republican governor sent down an edict that no city in Texas could unfund the police. So thank you for forwarding this article. I really don't think it's apples to oranges because what has been happening here and what has been happening there are different in many ways. The big one is the state government interfered with what cities could do with their money, not because the people or the council were able to act on what they wanted to do. Kind of hard to act like refunding under these circumstances is anything to cheer about. The other thing is that Grand Rapids is not doing any reform 
or transparency or funding community projects or any other changes to business as usual. The cops still have contact with the homeless, even though I heard fire personnel would be the ones to contact them. The cops make money for the system by taking homeless people to jail. I suggested Grand Rapids invest in some land trust, and nope, someone else is already doing that. Yeah, without investment from the city, while you invest in bringing more people with more money here. I want the city to be responsible, to invest in what the people need before they make it into a carnival that will collapse at the next pandemic or recession. The city and state invested in gentrification and in projects that drove up the rent. They disinvested in the southeast side until a billionaire could snap up a neighborhood for a song and surprise everyone. People ask for what they want, and you won't put it on the agenda. You circle the wagons and woo a bunch of pastors to help change your image that way. I just can't. This city needs some vision for solving a problem. Instead of continuing to have a problem and blaming others for it or hiding it Thank and you, looking Mar away. Thank you, Martha. Your time's up. Thanks. It's kind of like not admitting. Thank you. Hi, welcome. Hi, my name is Mark and I'm from Grand Rapids. Well, here we go again. I ain't seen nothing change. Everybody's still arguing about every everything, everything under the sun. You know, and I find something that is really disturbing. I heard of young people talking about GRPDs, rough. That's minuscule compared to what's happening all over the, all over the country. In New York City, policeman body slammed a woman, sent her to the hospital, possible possible fractures, something like that. I don't know. And then you have the out where the buses don't run case where a cop from Baltimore killed his stepson and placed him in a wall at a house in an undisclosed location. He's on trial for murder. If this is what you want from your law enforcement, you have a problem. That's not what I want. I know that's not what you want. No, I don't, I'm not here for any group, like I said before. We're not New York, we're not LA, we're not Chicago, we're not Houston, we're not Boston, we're not Miami, but thank God we're not Hooterville. It's time To stop sitting on your butt and do something about the quality of life in this city. Because nothing is going on. I'm tired of the 
the woofing around. I'm tired of the not coming together. I'm tired of everybody here saying nothing and doing nothing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Others wish for heard? Hi, my name is Kelsey and I live in Grand Rapids. Um, I am here with the Grand Rapids Climate Resolution Coalition, but I would like to first and foremost express my support for those that came here today to talk about defunding the GRPD. Um, I and the people that are here with me from the coalition today are here to speak about the IPCC report that has confirmed what many of us have feared. Climate change is getting worse, and it's happening at a rate faster than the scientists have predicted. We're here today feeling a sense of urgency to act, and we're asking the city to adopt this same sense of urgency. We need ambitious and immediate action. Many cities and counties across the U.S. are showing up with bold leadership on climate action. We have the opportunity to do just that here in Grand Rapids. We can make a bold investment in our community and our future, but this can only happen if the city doesn't treat this like business as usual. This is not business as usual. It's a global threat to our very existence. The IPCC report confirms that time is not on our side, which is why you have to be. The coalition is currently in the process of meeting with the mayor, city staff, and all six of the commissioners. Some of you do show strong support for this, and I would like to thank you for that. But at this time, when it comes to the climate crisis, we must address this as a sprint to the finish line. We cannot take the scenic route. We must blaze a trail toward a sustainable future right now to ensure that we have a future at all. We're urging you today to put the resolution on the agenda as it's written without changes as soon as possible. The actions that you decide to take or not take in this moment have very real consequences for us all. Thank you. Hi, welcome. Hi, my name is Abigail Bartlett. I am a resident of the Greater Grand Rapids area, but do a lot of advocacy work within the city. Um, I come as the co-chair of the Grand Rapids Climate uh, Grand Rapids Climate Resolution Coalition. Um, but first, I want to talk about, and also as a social worker and a community organizer, um, and I'd be remiss not to talk about what my community has talked about with Justice for Black Lives. And as a social worker, right, our job is to address issues now. And I think one of the things that I hope the city commission is if people are coming at that meeting to say that they don't feel safe because of a particular individual, an immediate action would be to remove that individual and replace them. And I think the least of that respectfully is to say, hey, this isn't the safe space for these people that have come. And so I think it's a very quick action um, to show that support. Second, I hope that commissioners and city representatives are reaching out to people who show up because what they have said is that they want to see change and they believe that change is had. And hope is, um, you don't wanna lose it because when you lose it, it doesn't do well for anybody. Um, and so I say that, I think Rosalind Bliss as a fellow social worker um, and somebody that is very respected in the social work world, that that I hope is a, a forefront responsibility of yours. Um, On to the climate resolution. Um, issues that are intersecting just that. You know, the IC, what is it, ICCP report that just came out um, shows the urgency of what it is. And I think the city has done 
has started to work with C4 and making climate resolutions. Um, and while I applaud that, it's not fast enough. And we know that, right? They said irreversible changes. I think that West Michigan, um, Grand Rapids has the ability to be a leader in this. Um, and while we can tout that we've done things, I don't think that we are leading in that. Um, we have seen larger cities within the, the city or within the state also do these things. Um, and so we have, as was said, we've met with people with the city and I hope that that continues and that people make change. I hope, um, we often know that economics are what drives this and I hope we prioritize what people and lives mean in that. And also know that climate resolution, by supporting a climate resolution and support with C4, um, we also know that millions of dollars are already going to come. And so working to pass a resolution is priority. Um, and we look forward to meeting with y'all. So thank you. Thank you. All right, others wish to be heard. How you doing? My name is DeAndre Jones, stay in the city of Grand Rapids. Uh, first of all, I wanna say I'm in here in support of the climate change resolution. I was the person who got the NAACP Seeds of Promise and I reached out to the West Grand, so I'm not too sure if they joined the resolution now, but I was the person who did that activist work to get the NAACP and those predominantly uh, powerful nonprofits here in the city of Grand Rapids to educate people of color and minorities on climate change. That's something that is very dear to me just because I have nieces and nephews. I'm always in the trenches. I feel it's kind of funny. I can go talk about girls. I can talk about cars. I can talk about hip hop. I can talk about TV shows. But if I talk about climate change in a gentrified neighborhood, then I look crazy. I look like a nerd. I look crazy. And it's kind of, it's, it's, it's quite annoying because uh, I'm really passionate about it. I wish more people actually knew about climate change and carbon, reducing carbon emissions and geothermal and solar panels and things like that. But uh, those are things that just don't matter to people of color until they, you know, their kids grow up and then they wonder why the planet is uh, all messed up. Uh, this is something that's really, really uh, um, dear to me also. It was one of the people that sponsored the Michigan Climate Change and Clean Energy Summit. So hopefully my good karma comes back from that. <laughs> but um, so I wanted to talk about the care violence thing. Got an interview for that tomorrow. I was there at uh, driving past Metro when I actually shot that up. It was pretty crazy. And so uh, I was there on 36 when they shot that warehouse up. So it's been a lot of uh, shootings happening. I just um, just look forward to try to tackling those things that are very passionate to me, uh, very, very passionate to me, uh, things that really matter to me in the community, ending gun violence, trying to stop, prevent some of these shootings from happening. Just because I like to chill at these spots late night, I'm not going to lie. I like the vibe. I like to chill. I like the ratchet vibes. You know, sometimes I like to enjoy myself and have fun and uh, just enjoy myself. And a lot of other people do. And uh, these people that are in these rival gangs and stuff like that kind of want the same things but can't come to a peace. So I'm not going to say I'm going to be able to stop everything. But I think that um, just me having a position in, out in the community and being able to really do the work other than the work I do with my own organization, I really feel like me being able to be on the south side and being able to work and talk to other community leaders and people that I know are popular in the third ward, that maybe I can stop some of these things from going on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, others wish to be heard. Hi, welcome. Oh. Hi. Hi, good evening. My name is Sarah Hampton. I live in Grand Rapids, Third Ward. And I stand before you today to address the restrictions on um, 
a property that our church was trying to purchase. It's a vacant single house property that's located at 1138 Cass Street Southeast. So there was a sign posted and it was uh, foreclosed on and they had a tax sale sign going to audit. I called and they said the city owned it. So when I called the Economic Development Authority, I, I spoke with Mr. DeLong here as well, and they, I was informed that the city commission voted, I think it was sometimes in 2019, to, um, they set the criteria for the state land bank authority on how uh, the properties were marketed so for the city. So therefore, um, allowing housing nonprofits to purchase and redevelop these properties. The sale of the properties were only available to nonprofit developers. Um, for example, Habitat for Humanity, um, ICCF, um, Wellhouse, there were several others that these particular properties were only available for sale to these developers. So our church building is located at 1132 Cass. We've been watching this vacant house for a couple of years now. So we are very interested in purchasing it. We're a nonprofit, and I just don't think that it's fair because the church has been a pillar in the community for about 60 years. And I don't think it's fair for us not to be able to purchase that because it's only available to nonprofit developers. We're, we can't compete with that. It's a single family home. Um, so I called and I was given that information and I did ask for someone to get back with me. No one ever did. So I talked to Mr. DeLong in the last meeting here and no one ever responded. So I did call and I was told that um, one of the developers, Wellhouse, was looking into purchasing that house and they would contact me. No one has contacted me, and I just don't think that's fair. Yeah. I don't think it's fair. Thank you. We'll, we'll have something to follow up. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Hi, welcome. Thank you. Uh, my name is Catherine Friends. I'm a resident of Ward 3 in Grand Rapids, and the reason I got up to speak at the very end is because I can't stand for long periods of time every day. Um, I'm able to be here today because my chronic illness isn't too bad. I'm able to be here today because I work nine to five and because I have transportation to get here. Um, I'm happy to be here. I am a big fan of civic participation. One reason I moved back to West Michigan recently was to be able to be more involved in my community. Not being able to attend this meeting virtually is going to make it real hard to be as involved as I would like to be in the community. And it's not just me, it's a whole bunch of other folks who have disabilities, who are immunocompromised, and who for whatever reason can't make it to an in-person meeting. Um, so that's, that's the first thing I'd like to address is really just urge you to um, allow virtual participation in these meetings. 
I haven't been around for long, but I did hear that you did, you all did that in the middle of the pandemic, so I'm sure you can keep on doing it. The second thing I would like to address, um, as I said, I'm, I'm new to Grand Rapids um, as of May, and I hope to retire here. And there are some things that I want out of the community that I hope to spend the next 40 or so years in. Um, one of the things I want is for unhoused people to be safe in the community. Um, I want schools to be funded. I want housing to be funded. And I want the community where I live to feel like a safe place. None of this necessitates having the police budget that we have. So I want to urge you to defund the police to the 32% uh, and to invest that money in housing, schools, and other community programs. I also, since this is my first meeting, this is the first time I've seen those rules that are up there. Um, and I applaud the effort to make this a safe space for everyone, but also want to reiterate that with armed policemen present, this is not a safe space for everyone. I think that's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you. All right, other switch here. Hello, everyone. My name is Brandon Bilski. I live in Grand Rapids, and I wanted to share with you uh, this piece of artwork that I got from a young gentleman named uh, BMW. Those are his initials, and I bought this from him on the street because he is homeless. And he uh, told me the story of how his house was raided by the police and that all his art supplies are gone. Now, John F. Kennedy said that when power leads man towards arrogance, Poetry reminds him of his limitation. When power narrows the areas of man's concern, poetry reminds him of the richness and diversity of his existence. When power corrupts, poetry cleanses. For art establishes the basic human truth that must serve as the touchstone of our judgment. And it is in the spirit of art, in the spirit of what we are. We are light. You are each bright lights. And I don't want to dim your lights tonight, but we've got a lot of dim things going on in this city. One of which is homelessness. And thinking of BMW and how I could not help him. I am here uh, because many cannot be here. And a low-hanging fruit would be to turn on the Zoom so people who at least can sit in their houses can come here. You have masks. You have nice ways to protect yourselves. Uh, but what about your city? And is this your city? I think not, because it's not just ableism that stops you. It is also corporate elite oligarchal control with the DeVosses, with Mark Washington making so much money, it's very hard to make decisions for people who have no money. That is the cold truth that we are in a different space and people will suffer and it will be the police that help the landlords kick more people out onto the streets. And if you don't care now, when you have hundreds of people who could get the Delta variant while you have nice masks on, in this very moment, the silence is oppression. In this very moment, you are terrorizing your city with inaction or at the very least silence. Because as I will keep saying to you, in times of oppression, to stay silent is to err on the side of the, on, on the, side of the oppressor. And it's not just silence in words, but in your actions. Because love, 
Love is an action. And if you love people, you don't make them suffer. And you do everything you can to stand up against the corporations, the hand of the furniture strike workers that just wanted a fair wage but got shot at many years ago. And now the cops who could kill people trying to defend their homes. Thank you. Thank you. Your time Hundreds up. of Thank people. Thank you. Hundreds of people. Thank you. Your time's up. Thank you. Thank you. Your time's up. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Your time is up. Thank you. Okay. Our, I'm going to, I'm going to recess. No, we're going to. All right. We're going to, sir, you are disrupting this meeting. All right. You know what, commissioners, we're going to adjourn. We're adjourned.